welcome to the kids' art house cinema. I'm Klaus, and the art house cinema is where we discuss the documentaries of the creators and the artists. And here's the host, Angus. Thanks, Klaus, and welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening. Today in the screening room is super-powered the DC story. This was a Max original. Yes, that thing that you used to know to be the streaming service HBO Max is now, of course, called The Max. And Max produced this encapsulation, mini history timeline. Last year, 2023, it came out. It's a three-part series. And it coincided with the 100th anniversary of Warner Brothers. So this was an opportunity for DC to showcase their value to the greater Warner Brothers family of products and brands and marry up both the comic book side of the house with Jim Lee as well as the brand new TV streaming and film side of the house with one James Gunn and bring in directors of DC films, as well as actors in DC films, as well as some of the previous comic book luminaries within the greater DC family. So we have Paul Levitz in here. We have Karen Berger in here. We also have Jeanette Kahn in here being interviewed. And some of the comic book talent, Mark Wade's in here, as well as others. My general impressions, it is definitely designed for DC fans. So if you have a familiarity and a love for DC comics and also all the DC films, I really think you'll like this a lot. It's a great history, but it is a history where DC here and Rosario Dawson is the narrator proceeds to try to connect the dots generationally amongst characters, themes, and things that they have done. So in the first episode of the three, there is a massive focus on the beginnings of DC. So you've got Siegel and Schuster in there, the invention of Batman. You've got Bob Kane and Bill Finger in there, the invention of uh, Batman. You have the invention of Wonder Woman. And the Golden Age is profiled pretty well. There's a bit of a focus because it was the flagship in action comics. Superman. Superman then being animated and on those shorts on the big screen, as well as then a live action uh, Superman that would be in black and white TV. Then there is a jump to modern day and how the golden age characters then began to translate over the years. So this first episode of the three spans from the 1930s up through the 1960s. And to give DC credit, they do a fantastic job 
of not only highlighting the highest of highs with respect to them being at the top and you know Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman being so popular, but then they actually give credit where credit's due when it comes to casting a light on themselves and saying that in the late 50s and 60s, into the 60s, they had become rather sterile, boring, uh, set in their ways. And it really took Marvel and the Marvel age happening where they were having more relatable characters who had problems and could relate to the readership, that that woke them up. And then that would start the new look of DC, the new emphasis in DC heading into the 70s. So it's actually a, a perfect dropping off point there or conclusion for that first tranche, meaning, hey, we were the first, we brought you superheroes, we lived off of that for a while, and here, here's the value that we brought to the table. We got pretty set in our ways, we lost our way, We that was definitely brought to bear here with the success that Marvel would have. So then we needed to react. So then we end up going to episode two. Episode two focuses in on Jack Kirby's movement into DC, uh, the new gods. You had uh, Bernie Wrightson, Len Wein, Swamp Thing. And then it begins to pick up steam. We get into the Jeanette Kahn years. We get into the founding of Vertigo. We start to see what would happen when we would have one Dark Knight series happen and how that had massive reverberations there that Miller would create when he came over and, and brought us Dark Knight. We then started into the major crossover events, and this was great because we got into uh, Crisis and how that all started. So the second of the episodes here in the series really shows a rebirth. We have Karen Berger being interviewed and discussing how they had recruited all the British talent over to DC, some really fantastic writers and artists who then would be the nucleus for the founding of Vertigo as on Jeanette Kahn's blessing and and encouragement said, hey, Karen, you really need your own imprint here. Because what was interesting about Jeanette Kahn, and this is brought up in the documentary here in the second episode in particular, Jeanette came to DC not as a comic book person. She had had incredible success in the publishing industry with kids' magazines like Dynamite and things of that nature that were really, really popular in late 60s and into the 70s. You would call them the teeny bopper magazines. So that's who DC corporate actually thought their audience was. Well, Jeanette Kahn thought wiser of this. And she said, look, we can tell many, many stories within the comic book medium here. Let's go and strive for excellence. And I think due to that goal being established and then the encouragement and the nurturing that Jeanette Kahn would do, particularly for one Karen Berger, you would see this rise in quality not only for kids, but then also adults, the kids who grew up on comics, still loving and wanting to read comics, but wanting material that Something was more age-appropriate. So 
that unto itself is a fantastic um, insight here and really brings a wonderful focus to this second of the episodes. Now, while we're doing this, when we get on the subject of characters, this is where this documentary begins to jump around a lot and becomes a bit disjointed. And that's why I said this was really designed for DC fans. If you knew nothing about DC and were watching this series, you would get a little confused. Uh, you would gain a lot. I think you'd see a lot of the history. And of course, you're following this timeline that scrolls across the screen to remind you of the era that they're talking about. But then that timeline will fast forward up and back again as they're trying to relate uh, creatives together. There was a section in there where they delved into social issues. So the Vietnam War and race relations. They ended up interviewing Joe Kubert uh, and um, his Sergeant Rock character. We delved into the rebirth of Green Lantern with the seminal hit and, and groundbreaking work that one Denny O'Neill would end up doing there. And you have Green Lantern, Green Arrow, them going across the U.S. and really shining a light on all of the social issues of the day and how that would spark a renaissance within the company. Jack Kirby's New Gods gets profiled as far as another infusion of creativity into DC. And, and then we cap off in the last episode, episode three, with more of the modern era. Uh, you touch on the New 52. There's a lot of Jeff Johns in there. There's a lot of discussion about the Berlantiverse and the CW programs that would come about in the 2010s and how popular they were and all of the challenges then that DC would have to juggle. There's also obviously a big delve into the Snyderverse and where we are with the current movies. Uh, so Patty Jenkins is in there discussing Wonder Woman. Jason Momoa is discussing Aquaman. You have The Rock in there discussing Black Adam. So it's really a hodgepodge, I'd say, of promotional material once you start to get more into the modern era that's been cobbled together to anchor or be that third episode to kind of round things out. So if you were a casual fan of DC and all you really knew were the DC characters from the movies, I think you would get a lot of familiarity and a sense of comfort in that third episode. Meaning, oh, okay, I get this. I understand where they're going. Oh, that's nice. That's great. But I, I found this most useful as a DC fan, which I am, the chronicling here of all of the eras and then the ability through the narration that Rosario Dawson does a really great job with, piecing together, connecting the dots amongst the eras. A uh, big takeaway for me was DC's assertion now that, hey, look, for every era, there's been a different take on Batman. That's indeed true. Now, was that ever planned out? I don't think so. 
but it's a very convenient thing to say right now, particularly when you're acknowledging a multiverse that exists out there and you've got Matt Reeves, Batman over here. You have what Christopher Nolan did over there. You have what Tim Burton did over there. And yet you've got the Adam West character from the campy one from the sixties. So I thought that was really interesting. And the same thing can apply to Superman. So we see all the different Superman in here, how revolutionary the Superman film was that Dick Donner did there with Christopher Reeves. And you have the insights of the brand new head of DC uh, film and all the streaming programs, one James Gunn, and him sharing his philosophy about comics, about story, and about superheroes. So if you're anticipating the brand new world that James Gunn is creating, I think you'll really, really want to see this program. Now, this is available right now on Max for streaming. And I highly uh, recommend anyone going out and taking in Superpowered, the DC story, particularly if you want a overview, a good history. And mind you, it's about three hours. I think every episode clocks in about 50 minutes or so on DC. But this is really some great fan service. If you're a big fan of DC and just wanting a refresher about the value of what DC has brought to the table through all the generations.